Jesus, we lift you high. Jesus, we lift you high. Jesus, we lift you high. We lift you high. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we pray. So 
that I am yours. I am yours, all that and all that I am, I place into your loving hands, and I am yours. I am
you're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. How you're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, never gonna let me down. Come on. against the Lord there's something that wants to tell us no God's not good did you see the news there is a nagging thing that wants to tap on our shoulders it says but what about remember when in this evening we are here I am here to declare that God is good all the time it doesn't matter what I feel it doesn't matter what I see his goodness overcomes everything so let's sing it out you are There is one who bears 
We worship you, Lord. We cry out to you because you are holy, you are worthy, you are mighty, and you are so good. Just lift you up. glorified in this time as we lift you up Holy Spirit have your way today be glorified in this time that we have together Lord as we exalt your holy name as we give thanks to you it's in Jesus name Amen Amen, Amen, Amen well, you may be seated well, glad everybody can make it out tonight. I know there's a lot going on this time of year and Saturday and whatnot, but uh, glad you guys can make it out. Are you guys excited about tonight? Because I know I am. Amen. So I am going to just turn it over here to Corey and let him just run with it. So it's all yours. Amen, amen. God is good. I love his presence. There's nothing like the presence of Jesus. I'm addicted to him. We were made to be addicted to him. You were made to be addicted. You just need to be addicted to the right things. Did you know that? You were made to receive pleasure. You just have to receive your pleasure from the right things. Did you know that God, when God created Adam and Eve, he put them in the Garden of Eden the garden of pleasure. Eden means pleasure in the Greek. You were created to receive your pleasure from God. We just need to go to the right place. It says that he has pleasures forever in his right hand in Psalms. Amen. He is the fulfillment. He is the bread of life. My favorite thing to do is just to hang out with Jesus. Just to sit in that presence like we just were. And just let him love me. That's all I do sometimes. I'm just like, Jesus, just ravish me with your love. Because without receiving his love, I can never give his love. I can't give away something that I don't constantly experience. See, he wants to totally fill us every day of our lives. When Paul said, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit, he was being serious. Sometimes we just need to be intoxicated with the love of Jesus. I believe he wants to intoxicate some people tonight <laughs> in a good way. I'm really just excited about what he's already done. Yesterday was phenomenal. All the, all the instantaneous miracles we saw. And the best part was, you all prayed for people. That's my favorite part. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus, we just honor you. We honor this time. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Hmm. Father, we just thank you for the host of angels in this room right now. Sweet Holy Ghost, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to say, 
we submit to your lordship. thank you for visions we thank you for dreams we thank you for encounters God that people would see you face to face tonight that you would give us that understanding that we don't have to wait until we die to see you death is not our savior you are that we can see you as you are right now so we can see who we really are, God. Wow, what a privilege. <laughs> you're so good. You're nothing but good. Just like that song, you're nothing but good. Father, I thank you that not one person leaves this building without an encounter tonight. I thank you, Lord, that as I as I speak as the oracles of God. That people even begin to get healed before we even minister to people. Because your word carries power. Your words that you speak through me are spirit and they are life. Father, you're so good. You're such a good father. And we praise you and we worship you. We honor you. We can do anything without you, but with you we can do all things. Thank you for grace. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation upon the people. That hearts are flooded with light, God. That you would stretch them, Jesus. That you would stretch me tonight. That you would open up the kingdom to us. That you would show us different dimensions that we didn't even know existed yet, God. Come on, if the angels can see a different, a different side of you every time they say holy. Come on, we're just touching the tip of the, the, tip of the iceberg. So we yield to you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God is good. I like just to start, I just like to honor him, welcome him. So what I want to talk to you about tonight is union with Christ. Jesus came and showed us how to live as a supernatural man in union with God. He is the standard of how we are to live today. So let's go to John chapter 14. Do we have any Missouri fans in here? Missouri football fans? Y'all are playing my team right now, you know that? I'm a Kentucky Wildcat fan. <laughs> Sorry, I'll forgive y'all. <laughs> Husker. I knew some of y'all were Nebraska. I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll intercede for you all. I don't have nothing against Nebraska, but. All right, so John chapter 14, verse 7, Jesus says this. He's talking to uh, 
his disciples. He says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet have you not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? See, Jesus was always talking about his union with God. And then he tells Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen God. So when you look at Jesus's life, you see the true nature of God, his true character, his true heart, the way he would operate as if he was on the earth himself. And actually he was because he was in Jesus. Him and the Father were one. There was no separation. So when you see Jesus, you see God. But also, when you see Jesus, you see you. Come on. Romans 8.29 says that you were predestined let's go there real quick we're going to come back that way we can look at the scriptures because this is a big deal romans 8 29 a lot of scriptures tonight i'm glad y'all are used to that so honored to be here y'all have an amazing pastor amazing uh pastor's wife leaders just y'all are so welcoming uh, i mean i appreciate that I can tell you there's just a lot of honor in this house. And y'all are hungry and passionate about the Word of God. Just talking to y'all, I can tell how much you just enjoy Pastor Chris's teaching, that he's a man of the Word that can break down the Word. And that's just so awesome. I love to see passionate people for the Word of God. Man, that's just great. Amen. So Romans 8, 29, it says, For whom he foreknew... He also predestined, this is talking about us, to be what? Conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. How many of y'all were wondering what your destiny is, what your purpose is? Well, let me tell you, it is to walk just like Jesus Every single place you go, you might not stand behind a pulpit, but what would Jesus do in your daily life, in the situations you face? Come on. You have the answer for the entire world. And it's Jesus. And he lives on the inside of you right now. So when you look at Jesus, you see God. When you look at Jesus, you also see who? You, correct? Go to Ephesians 4.15. Let's hammer that down a little more. Sometimes that's a hard pill for people to swallow. Ephesians 4, chapter or verse 15, says... But speaking the truth in love, 
may grow up in all things. I love this. Notice this. It's, it doesn't say in, in him. It says into him. That's a huge difference. You're not growing up in him. Of course, you're in him. But you're growing up into him. That word into in the Greek, it is the same purpose and it is the same result. It is the same purpose and it is the same result. Well, what was Jesus' purpose? He came to seek and to save those that were lost. Luke 19.10. 1 John 3.8. For this purpose... The Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. In great news, we don't have to destroy the works of the devil. We just enforce the defeat that has already been won. Because he finished it. It's finished. Like we, like we looked at this morning, he done paid the price for the entire world to be saved, healed, delivered, and made whole. It's done. Now it's up to us to bring that to pass by what? Preaching the gospel, witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ, laying hands on the sick, casting out devils, raising the dead. So awesome. What a privilege that we get to walk like Jesus. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. The only problem you have in your life is lack of revelation of who you already are. If you're struggling with sin or addiction, the problem is you don't know how to see yourself as God sees you. Because if you saw yourself as God sees you, that stuff would just automatically fall off. Because that's not your identity. First John chapter 2, verse 6 says this. He says, he who says he abides in him. Or you could say, he who says he is born again ought himself also to walk just as he walked. It's powerful. Glory to God. Let's go back to John chapter 14. So you look at Jesus, you see the Father. You look at Jesus, you see you. Come on, you were created in his likeness, in his image. I'm not saying this, the Bible says this. It's who you are. See, if we get the likeness right, the image will follow. on so back to John 14 10 and here Jesus goes back into talking to his union with the father if you notice if you study the gospels they were always preferring to each other Jesus was always talking about the father and then he talked about how the father also gave him authority see they were of one heart of one mind his thoughts were the father's thoughts or the Father's thoughts were his thoughts. 
You know, we can operate the same way. While the Bible says we have the mind of Christ, we have it. God's thoughts are not higher than our thoughts. God's ways are not higher than our ways. That's an Old Testament quote that's actually to unbelievers. If you read the verse before in Isaiah, I think it's 55. No, you need to start believing that, no, my thoughts are God's thoughts. My ways are God's ways. God's wisdom is my wisdom. Everything God has is yours. Why? Because everything that God had was Jesus's, correct? And now you're in him. The Bible says you are co-heirs of Christ and heirs of God. That means everything God has already belongs to you right now. Everything. John chapter 14 verse 10 says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Does the works. There he is talking about his union with God. Verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. How imperative is it that we begin to walk like Jesus, begin to witness in power, because some people will only believe when they see the works that Jesus did. You remember when we went over Acts 8 last night, it says that they heeded the things Philip said. Why? Because they heard him and saw something. See, just telling people, the gospel without power isn't effective. See, the Bible says in Romans 1.16, Paul said this. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God. It is the power of God. It is the power of God. Come on. And Paul even said this. He said, I have fully preached the gospel with signs and wonders. So without signs and wonders, you can't fully preach the gospel. Paul said this, I don't come to you in the wisdom of man, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith shouldn't stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. The world needs to see the power of God. They need to have experiences with Jesus. Amen? Verse 12, Jesus says this. He says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me. I love that. He who believes. That qualifies who? All of you. You're a believer. So you're qualified to walk like Jesus. As soon as you're born again. The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Glory to God. And why was Jesus doing great works? Because he understood his union with the Father. 
Why do I see miracles under all the time? Because I'm aware of my union with the Godhead. I'm aware that all I'm doing is acting on the word and he does the works. It's Jesus in me doing the works. He's just using my body. See, when I put my hand on you, it's not my hand, it's Jesus' hand. When I speak to you, it's not my words, it's Jesus' words. When I look at you, it's not my eyes, it's the eyes of Jesus. That's how we need to think. Totally identify with the Son of God. Let's go to John chapter 5, verse 16. Y'all are quiet tonight. Thinking. We always say uh, a church I preach at a lot, Occupied Church, we tell them they got the head nod anointing. They don't say too many amens, but they're always. <laughs> now look, look at this. This In John 5, 16, it says, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, saying, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Look at verse 18. This is powerful. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Equal with God. What made Jesus equal with God? Because God was his father. Is that correct? Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 15. I'm going to show you in the scriptures for, before I start saying what I'm about to say, because you need to see it. It's not me saying this, it is the Bible. Romans 8, 15. So what made Jesus equal with God? Yes, God was his father, so he was born of the same offspring. He was born of the same DNA. He was born of the Holy Spirit. Correct? Okay. Come on, if you get this, I'm telling you. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit. Is that the same spirit that Jesus received? Okay. Uh, of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Who's, who's he talking about here? He's talking about you. So God is your Father. God is your Abba, right? Go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Lots of scriptures. It says, and because 
You are sons. The Bible considers all of y'all are sons. It only used daughters one time. Why? Because you're supposed to totally identify with the son. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So why did they want to kill Jesus? Because God was, was his father, and because God was his father, it made him equal with God. Is that correct? Are you sure? Go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Why do they want to kill Jesus again? Because God was his father, and that made him equal with God. Well, well, guess what? God chose to send his son so he could, remember what we read in Romans 8, 29, so he could be the firstborn of many brethren. Who's the many brethren? You. So God has chosen to bring you into equality with the Godhead so you can rule and reign with him on this earth. I'm going to say that again. God has chosen to rebirth you into this new creation to bring you into the Godhead to give you equality with himself so you can rule and reign with him. Do you understand? He's kings, king of kings, lord of lords. You're a king. You're a lord. Do you know how much authority and power you have? Do you know who you are? He has brought you into equality with himself so you can rule and reign with him, co-labor with him. That's why the whole earth is waiting, not on a move of God, but it's waiting on you to manifest the power of God. Come on. The heavens are the Lord's. But the earth has he given to the children of man. If something happens in this earth, it's the church's fault. Why? We're not walking in who we are. We're not walking in that place of dominion. We're not walking in that place of kingship. See, you're a king. You're, you're, you should speak things into the atmosphere. And they have, no, they have to be established. When you learn to speak from that place of authority, when you learn to speak from your position that you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, as Ephesians 2.6 says. Philippians 2.5. Philippians 2.5. It says this, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Are you going to let this mind be in you tonight? See, true humility is you accepting what the Bible says about you. And the Bible says some pretty amazing things about you. 
who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't make this up. This is what the Bible says, right? It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Wow, glory to God. Yes, he's the supreme God. There's nobody like him, but he has chosen to bring you into equality with himself. He has brought you into himself. So when you move, he moves. Acts 17, 28 says, in him you live, in him you move, in him you have your being. You are everything he is because he chose to make you that way. You're as righteous as God. You're as holy as God. Because of the blood of Jesus. It's not about anything you have done. It's about everything Jesus has done. My goodness. Let's go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. I love this chapter. Verse 20 says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So who, who's this prayer for? It's for us today, right? That they all may be what? One. Talking about you. One. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. When is the world going to believe that you are sent by God? Well... But according to this, when you understand your union with Christ, when you understand that you've been made one with God, why? Because you're going to look just like him. See, we should be able to say the same thing Jesus says. If you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's who you are. And when we start to walk in that, the world will flock to the churches because they flock to Jesus. Verse 22 says, And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. The glory which you gave me, I have given them. So we don't need to ask him for the glory. We have it. It's who we are. What is the glory he gave us? He gave us himself. He gave us everything. If you're one with God, what else can you have? If I had been made one with him, and I think I lack something, that means I'm saying that God himself is not enough. Because I'm one with him. I'm everything he is. Everything he is. Do you see that? Verse 22. 
In the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Now check this out. That they may be one, just as we are one. Verse 23. I in them, and you in me, that they may be made what? Perfect in one. Perfect. See, we need to start saying what the Bible says about us. I know we say, well, I'm not, I'm not perfect, and I understand you're growing up into who you are, but you need to start saying what the Bible says. And the Bible says you have been made perfect, not by what you do, by, but by what Jesus has done. When he uh, uh, spilled his blood, he made you perfectly holy, perfectly righteous, perfectly healed, perfectly delivered. He made you whole, nothing missing and nothing broken. That is how you need to see yourself. That is who you are. You are perfect in the eyes of God. Perfection. You've been born from above. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but that was good news to me. Because in my past, I've done a lot of bad things. But he's erased it all. It says he removes my sins as far as the east is from the west. One of the clauses of the New Testament in Hebrews 8, it says he's merciful to your unrighteousness and your sins and your lawless deeds he doesn't even remember. So you quit bringing them up. Forget your past. Paul said this, he said, this one thing do I do. I forget those things which are behind. And I press toward those things which are ahead. Remember Paul, he murdered people. He killed people. Persecuted the church. But then when he got born again, he believed that his, he was actually a new creation. That his old things had passed away. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 2, he writes to the Corinthians and he tells them, I have wronged no man. He says, I have wronged no man. Why? Because he fully identified with the new creation. We have to fully identify with the new creation and reckon our old man. He's dead. He's dead. The old you doesn't exist. You know what's left? Perfection. Holy. Righteous. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It says, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Wow. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 1. Then we see this fulfilled in 2 Corinthians 5.17 where it says, If any man, what? Be in Christ. He is a new creation. That old things have passed away and all things have become new. Do you believe that? All things are new for you. You're reborn. You're supernatural. The Bible says you're born from above. I was talking to somebody earlier why the world is so drawn to all these supernatural things. Uh, movies and superhero movies because you're called really to be a superhero. Seriously, that is who you, who you are. You're called to live and walk in the supernatural every single day of your life.
preaching myself happy. <laughs> it's good news. The gospel is good news. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 23, I believe. My tablet's not working all of a sudden. There it goes. All right, it's First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. So what happened when you were born again? It all passed away, right? You're a new creation. Reborn, restored to the original image you were created to be. Made whole. Again, remember this. You're not trying to become something when you're born again. You're made whole as soon as you're born again. You're just growing in that wholeness of who you already are. You're finished. You're a finished product. You've been restored to the original image you were created to be. God's likeness and image. Again, Jesus didn't come just to change your destination. He came to restore you and to restore dominion on the earth. See, we need to quit waiting on a rapture and start taking dominion in our lives. And leave that to the Lord. Let's just preach the gospel. Walk like Jesus. Amen? Verse 23, it says this. It says, having been born again, I love this, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Who's it talking about right here? It's talking about you. It's talking about your new creation, correct? It says you were reborn with the incorruptible seed of the word of God. I want you to think of this. The same seed that birthed Jesus in Mary is the same seed that birthed you in your new creation. It is the incorruptible seed of the word of God. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. The same seed that birthed Jesus in Mary is the same seed that birthed you in, in this new creation. What does that mean? This means you have the DNA of God. The Bible calls it divine nature. You are no longer a sinner saved by grace, but, but you have his divine nature. You have his divine life. Jesus said, I came that you may have life in this life in abundance. It's the essence and power of who God is. This same life is the same life, the same DNA he released into the whole universe. When God said light be, and light still traveling at 1,800 and I believe it's 68 miles per second. Per second. Why? Because the universe cannot contain the light of God. Or the life of God, it's the same thing. How do we know that? Because John chapter 1 verse 4 says, In Jesus was life, and that life was the light of man. 
So when God said light be, he released himself into the universe. And the universe couldn't contain it. So the universe is still expanding today. Every second at 1,868 miles per hour. But God made your spirit to contain this very life. This very divine nature. The universe can't contain it, but you can. Why? Because he made you in his likeness. He made you in his image. Whew, that just makes me want to run. <laughs> Do one of them Rama runs. <laughs> See, when you begin to get this, walking in the supernatural won't be hard. Sid Roth again, you'll just be naturally supernatural. <laughs> But it's who you are. Look at this. Colossians chapter 2. That's why we see all these kids and growing ups. When we lay hands on them. We're ministering life. And that's why we're ministering eternal life. Because all it is is life. And that's why we see these kids and these grown ups. Going all to these. In all these different kind of visions. And see angels. And see heaven. Why? Because they're going into the realm of eternal life. The very realm that you already have in your spirit. The very realm, actually, that you already live in. You're always in multiple realms. You're just not aware of it. What did I say? Colossians chapter 2? Colossians 2 verse 9. I love this. It says, and if, if you have it also, if you can get Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 through 14 in the Passion Translation, because I'm going to read it here in a minute, I would love for them to see that. So in the King James 9 and 10, it says, For in Jesus dwells, what? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete. You are complete why are you complete because you've been made one with god do you see how the church has missed it about asking god of for god give me more of you god pour out your spirit he has already given you everything if you're complete i cannot add anything to you you're complete correct See, you don't need more of God. God just needs more of you. He needs you to submit more to who he's already made you. So it says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So if the fullness of God is in Jesus, and Jesus is in you, that means the fullness of God is in you. So I'll hit this from a bunch of different angles. I'm just trying to, my goal of this weekend is leaving you with the perspective that I have everything that I need to walk like Jesus right now. I don't need to get an impartation line. I don't need to do this. No, I have it now. Verse 11, I'm going to read 11 through 14 in the Passion Translation. 
Y'all getting some out of this tonight? Verse 11 says, through our union with him, we have experienced what? Circumcision of heart. What is circumcision of heart? He cut out the sin nature and he put into his divine nature. <laughs> he put himself on the inside of you. He cut out the heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh. And it's his heart. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away. And I love this. And is now extinct. Do you look at sin like that? That it's extinct. See, none of you have a sin problem. The church doesn't have a sin problem. They have an identity problem. They fix the identity. They, they won't have any problem with sin. If you see who you really are, you won't live in sin and you won't sin. If you live in sin, it's because you don't know your identity. You don't know who you truly are. A lot of times we give the flesh too much credit. You can create habits with the flesh, right? A lot of people get born again and they, and they just keep the same habits because they don't know who they are. They think the flesh can still control them. They don't realize that they now have a different nature. And the nature from the inside should control this body. For example, if I have a car, the car in and of itself isn't bad, correct? But the person that gets in the car can cause the car to do whatever you want it to do. See, we think Jesus just redeemed our spirit. He redeemed our spirit, our soul, and our flesh. The flesh in of, a, of itself is not bad. It's the nature on the inside that controls it. Come on. Just through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of heart. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. Wow. For we've been what? Buried with him into death. See, Jesus didn't die for you. He died as you. You were there with him on that cross. Come on. Yes, he died for you too, but he died as you. Well, look at the scripture. For we've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power. The power that raised him from death's realm. Lost my place. This realm of death describes our what? Former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of the realm of death. Do you believe that? You've been resurrected out of the realm of death. Death is, is defeated. Come on, Romans 8, 2 says, the, I'm trying to think of the scripture. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has has, past tense, set us free from the law of sin and death. That's why I'm being honest. It bugs me when I'm around 
Christians that are more mature than me and they're saying, I'm just like this because I'm old. You don't know who you are. Right? Moses was 120. He was under old covenant. He climbed the mountain. His eyesight never dimmed and he died because God chose to take him. We said we should choose when we want to go home. Nothing shall take us out. Jesus says, nobody takes my life from me, but I choose to lay it down. You know, we're coming into a generation that knows how to operate as sons of God. And nobody's going to take their lives from them, but they're going to choose when they want to go home. Come on, we got to start preaching it if we're going to see it. This is who you are. This is the gospel. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. Glory to God. You shouldn't go home until you finish your course. Sickness impossible for you. That's what you need to start looking at it. Impossible. Verse 14 says, And he canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. My goodness. That was great news for me. <laughs> man, I told y'all a little of my testimony, but man, you don't know. I was 100% for the devil until God got a hold of me. Done everything you could imagine. At one time in my life, I was facing 25 years to life was my first offer. I wasn't going to get that. They tried to scare, scare you with your first offer so you don't come back. Well, it did its job. But man, I got radically saved when I was locked up and just on fire for Jesus. And I start to read this. Oh my goodness, he's canceled everything? You mean God came, became a human, died for me, and erased everything that I've ever done, past, present, and future? Oh my goodness. Man, I want to serve this God. I want to love this God. I want to live for this God. You mean nothing can separate me from him? Oh, wow. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all. Do you believe that? And they cannot be retrieved. I love that. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross. Everything you once were in Adam has been placed on the cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. <laughs> Glory to God. That's how you need to see yourself. Everything I've ever done has been removed, has been canceled. I am redeemed. I am holy. I am one with God. I am everything he is because he chose me before the foundation of the world to make me that way.
Romans chapter 6. I'm not going to go for too much longer because we're going to minister to people tonight. Not for sure how long that's going to take. It's going to be amazing. I'm excited. Romans chapter 6. Because I can be pretty long-winded. But man, if you get these truths that I'm preaching, it'll change your whole life. You know, I, th I think the biggest problem in the church is sin consciousness. You're so conscious of yourself, of what you're doing wrong. You didn't do this enough. You didn't do that. You did this. Do I need to ask for forgiveness of this? Am I missing it here? Is God pleased with me? Am I da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? But the Bible says you're accepted. You're loved. You're forgiven. You're holy. You're righteous. It says in Hebrews 10.10, 10, it says that you have been made, or it says that he has sanctified you forever, or made you holy forever. Wow. Romans 6.3 in the Passion says this. It says, or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into union with his death. Would you have the uh, King James up there? Here, I'm going to read the King James just so y'all can follow. Let me switch. Romans 6, 3. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized in, into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through the baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should what? Walk in the newness of life. Galatians 2.20, you were crucified with Christ. It's no longer you that live, but Christ lives in you. Quit looking at yourself and just focus on Jesus. Come on. Before the cross, Jesus said, he said, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. That's one decision you make before you follow Jesus. But when you get born again, you need to reckon yourself dead. It's no longer you that live, but Christ lives in you. Quit focusing on self. I need to do this better. I need to crucify this. And just focus on, on Jesus. And when you focus on Jesus, he'll create the desire. He'll create the want to. You're not left alone to work out your own salvation like some people take that out of context in Philippians 2.12. But if you look at the next verse, it says that it's God that works in you, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And when you focus on him, he's able to work. But when you focus on yourself, you put yourself under law and you fall from grace. And therefore, he can do nothing because you're in self-effort and you're putting yourself under the law. And he wants you so wore out that you're tired of that, that you learn to fully depend on him. I've been there. When I first got born again, my heart was so good. I wanted to please God so bad, but I lived in shame. I lived in guilt. I lived in condemnation. Because like, am I missing it here? Am I, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? That's bondage. Be free from that in Jesus' name. And you know what I've come to realize? 75% of the church lives there. Maybe more. Shame, guilt, and condemnation is the biggest lie from the pit of hell. 
There is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Period. The translators addict the rest of that. Those who walk, it says those who walk according to the spirit and not to the flesh in the King James, that's added. That was not in the original manuscripts. There's no condemnation. Jesus took it all. He canceled everything. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 5, it says, For if we had been united to get together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Wow. And that's now. That's now. See, we're always waiting until we die. Death is not your Savior. Jesus is. Verse 6, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be what? Done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. You're free from sin. You're dead to sin. And if you're dead to sin, that means you're dead to sickness. You're dead to it. Because sin is the root cause of sickness. Not saying if you sin, sickness will come upon you. But it's the root cause that brought sickness into the world when Adam sinned. You're dead to it. You're dead to sin. You're dead to sickness. Quit being conscious of it. And be conscious of the finished works of Jesus. Be conscious of the love of God. Be conscious that you've been made one with him. And separation for you is an illusion. Be conscious that you've been made holy and righteous forever. That you are the healed. That you are the delivered. That you have been made whole. That your portion is eternal life forever. That's your portion. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. I love this. Verse 8 says, Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. If death does not have dominion over Jesus, it doesn't have dominion over you. Again, you choose when you want to go home, just like Jesus Nobody takes my life from me, but I choose to lay it down. Verse 10, for the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. So the death that you died, you died to sin once and for all. Sin is not your problem. It's a defeated foe. Quit focusing on it and focus on Jesus. Focus on who he's made you to be. I don't struggle with sin. Well, I'm not conscious of sin. I'm conscious of him. I'm not saying that I'm walking in complete perfection. I'm growing. But I don't, I don't struggle. I don't have addictions. Why? It's the grace of God. It has nothing to do with me. And I'm conscious of him. Therefore, I manifest him because you manifest whatever you're conscious of. If you're always conscious of yourself and you're not aware of him in his presence, you're going to manifest yourself, which is not good. Verse 11 says, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves 
to be dead indeed to sin. Reckon yourselves. In the Passion, it says, view yourselves. So it's a perspective. See, you need to quit having the perspective that you're addicted and have the perspective that you've already been set free. You need to identify with what the, who the Bible says you already are. If you're in the midst of a struggle, what should, should you be doing? Father, I thank you that I'm righteous and that I'm holy and that I'm forgiven and that I'm free. That's how you begin to walk in freedom. You thank him for the answer that he has already given you. See, a lot of times we're always telling God what we need freedom from. We need, we're struggling with this, help me here, help me there. And he's like, I've already given you the answer. Just thank me for the answer that I have already given you. But do you know the scripture that has the answer for your situation to thank him for? That's, that's most of the problem with the church. Most people that probably come to me for counseling, if I ask them, what scriptures are you standing on? I'm not for sure they could all answer me. You want to pray, play some instrumentals? Glory to God. Isn't this good news? You are dead to sin. You are dead to sickness. You are alive unto God forever. Forever. Not by anything you do, but because of what Jesus has done. It's simple faith in the finished works of Jesus Christ. That he has forever joined you to himself. He has already given you everything you need. Remember Ephesians 1.3 says, He hath, past tense, blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. How much more blessed can you be if you have everything? Peter said it like this. He said, Grace and peace be multiplied to you, through the knowledge of God in Jesus Christ our Lord, that hath given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Past tense, that hath given you all things. If you're taking notes, that's in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, or 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, 2 through 4. It says, He has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness, and you become partakers of this divine nature through these precious promises. Notice, you become partakers of the divine nature. You begin to walk it out by the promises. How? Thanking God for his promises. And then you will begin to manifest it in your life. Everybody remember Philippians 1, not Philippians, Philemon 1, 6. It says your faith, y'all remember it, becomes effective by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. Acknowledge who you are and what you have. That is the simplicity of the gospel. Glory to God. Y'all want to stand up for a minute? Thank you, Lord. just be led if you want to sing something when I start ministering, whatever you want to do. Okay. Amen, amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. She had a request before I started preaching. So I'm just going to pray for her and believe that Jesus is going to grant her request. Who all needs healing in their body tonight? Amen. A lot of people. So if you want to just begin to, to, you can come forward and begin to make a straight line. I hope we have some ushers.
She said she went into heaven, and that's why she was tranced out for a minute. She went into heaven. The Bible says that young people will see visions, right? Scriptural. So she went into heaven. Jesus took her and showed her her home, and she's seen angels. So she's a little overcome right now, so I won't get too many more deep details. But I tell you that story so you get your expectation up. I want you to believe that whatever you need tonight, Jesus is here to fulfill that need. Amen. You're so awesome.
Oh, no. 